Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, in the food and beverage world, we're in the world of wine. I know. I mean, it's a Friday and it's early morning here in Atlanta, but I could have some wine now. Um, And when you hear the story from today, you're going to be very excited about the wine we're talking about. On the podcast today is Betsy Hendershot, founder of Downward Dog Wine, like wine boxes, good wine boxes, by the way. Um, I'm so excited that you're here, Betsy. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited you're here. Um, love this space, love this industry. I, I love your branding and your. I, I can't wait to even dive into kind of what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. But um, let's do this first. How about share a little bit about you and your background before launching the company? Sure, absolutely. Well, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I have um, an amazing husband and two kids that are nine and 11 years old. I'm originally great from, ages, yeah. great ages, by the way, <laughs> we're having a good time now. Um, you know, it's kind of struggle street for a while. There's probably no- <laughs> <laughs> struggle street. That's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so I'm from Lebanon, Missouri, and, um, I come from an entrepreneurial family. My dad, um, ran, owned and ran a, a pontoon boat company. Uh, so if you're familiar Dang. with the, yeah. So if Which, you're familiar though, with that area of the, of the United oh, yeah. States, it is kind of the pontoon boat capital of the world, I think. So yeah. <laughs> most of those come from Missouri. So that was kind of my, my growing up, but, um, little did I know it was preparing me for a world of selling and speaking and innovating and, um, you know, allowing myself to be really creative. So I, I came to Tulsa to go to the university of Tulsa and graduated with a degree in finance and worked in the finance industry for a while. And then, um, somehow moved into the beverage industry and and the distribution side and, uh, worked my way into wine and thought, you know, what a better way to dive in deep than to own my own brand. So why not? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I was reading an article about you and doing my homework um, before today. And, you know, when I say boxed wine, I'm sure some of our listeners are like, I mean, like when I was younger, I remember my parents when we'd go on road trips, they'd buy boxed wine and it was not good like yours. Um, And then this article said, she wants to change the way people perceive boxed wine. And I love that. So how did you decide this is going to be the space to dive into? Well, I really, you know, box wine sales. So you kind of have to look at it from two different views, like, right. What makes sense to me and what do I appreciate? And I like, and I think that should be better. And then two, what's actually selling. And so, you know, these, um, kind of unique packaging ideas are coming back in the wine world and three liter box wine is, um, you know, is one of them. So not only was the opportunity there, um, and the, the consumer, you know, desire was there, but it just also went along with my brand downward dog wine. So when we think about, you know, kind of, you know, and there's, to be honest, everyone's like, are, are, is it organic? No, there's, you know, it's, is it's it like not yoga class, right? It's like, isn't a downward dog, like a yoga move? I'm not an expert, but it yeah. is. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> 
so I'm a you know kind of a yoga enthusiast and oh nice of course <laughs> yeah but I I I just enjoy it and it became something it was something that I thought I, I was scared to get into because I was nothing it was nothing in my previous world but when I realized it was actually kind of just such a like a freeing exercise I'm a runner and it was something that really kind of helped me with my running so and the other thing is I just really love dogs. I mean, I can show you, I mean, I know our, our readers can't see, but my dog is watching me from the corner <laughs> right here. I know. I heard and the dog shaking a moment ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was having a fit. Um, so <laughs> nice. the, the box one, I just thought, you know what? Somebody needs to invest a little bit of time. And here's the thing, you know, there's everyone always sees the same box wines on the shelf. And for that, those companies have, you know, loads and loads of basically what it comes down to, but, you know, they've got a name for themselves and, um, you just don't see that many independent, um, brand owners in the, you know, in the box segment. So I thought, well, let's give a try. I love that. Okay. So it's one thing to say, you know, I'm just going to jump into a category that's not been reinvented, which I think is what you're doing. And I, I think it's really smart. Uh, it's another to know like what to do first. And I mean, if you haven't worked in alcoholic beverage or beverage, like how did you figure out packaging and like, pr- like making product or sourcing product? What did that look like? Yeah. So really that took a lot of time. So we've been selling box wine for three years now, a little over three years, but the project was in the mix for a strong two years before that, just finding the wine um, deciding on packaging, deciding on the name. I really hadn't come up with the name until the very end. I almost had everything um, that I needed. And then except for, the name. Come up, you know, with the, <laughs> except for the name, which is a pretty key part. Um, but I'm glad I waited and went with my, you know, went with my gut. But so a lot of it, since I do have, and at the time the kids were really young, I couldn't just leave and travel the world and go find wine. I mean, sure. I would love to do that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> right. But, um, but there are wine Doesn't brokers that out way. there that work on projects like this and with proprietary um, buyers and they send samples from all over the world, wherever you want them to basically. And, um, you know, so a lot of sampling, a lot of having friends over a lot of family members, a lot of, you know, what do you think about this? A lot of sommeliers. And, and so, so that was a part of it, you know, that was the, the biggest part was finding the wine and then deciding on the packaging and that, you know, then five years ago, that was relatively easy. We didn't have um, issues, supply issues or right. issues. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we have now. <laughs> now so we're true. in this whole other, other world, but um, luckily, you know, at the time those things were readily available. So um, it's like anything else. Once you, you know, kind of dive in, you find it's, it's, you know, it's a world of its own and it's pretty accessible. Sure. All right. So you get samples, you're able to taste things. What about the actual box itself or the bag in box? Like, did you have a a supplier or producer for that? And you were just trying to find the wine to go in it? Or how did you figure that out? So at the time I was working with just one wine supplier out in Washington. And so not only do you have to find someone that you can get wine from and that, you know, has the accessibility to do the bagging or bottling for you. Not everyone has a bagging mechanism. So I kind of got lucky in the fact that they were selling a small proprietary brand out West and had the, um, had the mechanics to bag the wine. So he already had a bag supplier. Um, and so, 
you know, and I was fine with it. It wasn't, you know, it's one of the better bags, of course. And so we, we did that. And, um, so he had the bag, um, and then we found a box supplier, really the printing companies have those relationships or most of the larger printing companies do. And then it comes down to, you know, the printing. Um, but first and foremost, you have to get the, everything, all of your labels approved by the TTB and your formulations and everything like that. So there's just a lot of approving and going back and right. forth, you know, and approving artwork and disapproving artwork and, you know, just little things, <laughs> right. little things here and there that just takes so much time. But once you get it, you get it right. So. And was this all you, were you wearing all the hats or did you have some help? <laughs> no. Early days. I, I was doing it all and I really still do. And, um, you know, you look, you're just glad at the time you don't know how stupid you are because you just <laughs> have no clue. But I'm a question. Right. I don't care. You know, I don't, I really don't. I had to kind of put that behind me and say, you know, I've been new in industries before. And kind of, if you come out and say, look, this is my first project, Every, you know, people, as long as you're straightforward and not try to act like someone that you're not, right. it works out. Okay. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's and people want to help others. We've talked about other episodes of our show, I think, and especially this this industry. I think there's a lot of interest in helping. And um, yeah. okay, so product you've got together. Did you know anyone was going to buy it, or did like what did that look like? And what did you have? How long from initial idea to like product that someone could actually buy? Like how long did that take? So probably about well. You know, the whole kind of process behind um, the first box, like I said, was probably about a year and a half to two years. But once you finally push the go button, which is the scariest <laughs> day in the world, right? Like, right. send the money, <laughs> yeah. say go. And then you, and then this truck arrives and you've got, you know. A lot of, of boxed wine. Right? <laughs> Where did you wine. put it? Did you put it in the garage or you have a warehouse? So, I mean, it's Tulsa. Um, you can't so put it in your garage. Where did you put it? I know, I know. That's the thing is you have to have all these bonded warehouses, all this stuff. But luckily, oh so this alcohol. Was, you know, yeah, there's so many laws. It's ridiculous. But so where where this worked out for me is where people, you know, wouldn't be able to just jump in and do this. I mean, you could, but I was lucky in the fact that, you know, I was, um, in the in the distribution segment so we owned a distributing company in oklahoma so we had the bonded warehouse so we were able to just move it into our warehouse Got and it. i already knew who i was who was going to distribute it you know my company was so that was the that was the See, that's guess, nice. You already had the route to market and like yes. warehousing figured out. Yes. If you don't, I mean, that's where the struggle is real. So it, but it was also, so that was awesome. You know, it got here, but then you realize, oh my gosh, I have all these people on the streets that can get it where it needs to go, but someone right. actually has to buy it off of the shelf for this right. to work. It's one thing to get it into the store. That's where I was going next. Um, well, that's actually easy. it's not. So is it, okay. It's easy to get to the store, but how did no, you okay, sell it in? Not easy to get it how did the you store, sell that in though? Yeah. So that's also kind of an alcohol thing. I mean, if you really listen to me and if I really feel like having a super honest day, this industry is just so tight. I mean, it is hard. I don't know that I would suggest going <laughs> for all those listening, <laughs> yeah. you know, but cause there's so many things. So not only do you have to have your distributor, so those relationships though, in the retailers really, 
are tied to the relationship of your distributor. You know, That's it's right. not like in grocery where, you know, they will, they need the milk, the bread, all of the things that everybody else has. Um, right. so they're right. going to take it anyway, you know? Yep. So it, it, it starts with that relationship with your distributor and then, um, yeah. And then the retailer, I mean, these are, you know, when I first started, here in Oklahoma, wine wasn't selling in groceries. So it was all independent retail stores. So, Interesting. you Got know, it. these independent stores don't have a lot of money to just throw out there and hope that, hope that it works hope it for sells. them too. Right. Yeah. right. So we're all in the same boat, you know, looking at each other like, well, you know, <laughs> you think this is going to work? But the, the great thing was, is that um, even though I chose maybe one of the hardest states in the United States to just start selling box wine in, um, but Oklahoma just opened their arms and they were just really took me in as, you know, a local, you know, female entrepreneur brought in the product. We did some really good, strong advertising on the front end. Um, and, and then it just, and then it just happened and everyone kind of took a deep breath, like, okay, yes, this is actually, you know, this is happening now moving into other States. It was different because nobody knows me from, you know, Adam. Right. So right. Yeah, I that's a little that. bit different, but, sure. um, you know, it was at least a good state to get a strong get start started in. in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like you got signature red blend, Rose, Chardonnay, Merlot, Cabernet, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio. So did you start with all of these at the same time? Or how did you decide, like, I'm going to buy five Sauvignon Blancs and 10 Pinot Grigios and 100? You know what I mean? Like, how did you figure that out? Yeah, no, it was just a shot in the dark. I mean, it was kind of a shot in the dark. We knew what was already selling. So since being on the distribution side, we, we know what was selling in stores. But then sure. it also had to do with, you know, I chose my supplier out in Washington, but then you have to make your deal with them, right? Like, okay, okay. Well, I will only work with you if you can if you can promise to buy you know a truckload of five different right. varietals. <laughs> right. So um, I bought way too much wine. Like way. <laughs> of course way. you did. How would you have known? <laughs> who who freaking know? I don't know. I mean, so you know, and what I, did you do I with all of it then? It did you like? Did people drink like it? A year and, t- and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it have good shelf life though? I mean, I'm not an expert though. Yeah, it has okay shelf life, you know, not but like not what for you all would, the volume you bought. <laughs> no, not for like 10 drops. No. So this is what happened. People are like, tell me about, you know, something that you had to overcome. Well, there's so many things I had to overcome, but I so anyway, I'm sitting on all this wine. I can't sell it. I I'm past it. I won't sell something that's crap, you know. I mean that you, right. that doesn't no, you shouldn't. The you can't or my, it out. myself yeah. or anybody out there. So I'm like, okay, sitting on this wine, and we're getting to the point where I'm like, Okay, wait. So you get all like truckloads of wine that are in the the bonded warehouse. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. I've got distribution, but mm-hmm. it's not moving out of the distribution center as fast as you'd like, or your bonded warehouse. Yeah, it, so you got a lot of inventory. Did. We had it. Yeah, so we did really well with some of the really strong, like red blend, cab, same, and it same still goes for today. Red blend, yep. cab, shard, yep. strong. Yeah. Um, we had, then... like, I had a, <laughs> and then we, I thought I had this like really awesome white wine blend. And I mean, it was killer. I mean, we were all so excited about it, but then... I didn't put a very good description on the label. So no one knew what the hell was in it. So ah, it didn't go. 
anywhere, you know? People so are like, I'm what? On, I, yeah. Okay, I'll put that back. Because you're like, well, <laughs> you know, one, it's a new brand. Two, right. why, why, is it sweet? Is it not? I don't know. I just totally flopped. And then what sucked is it was like a really good blend. Oh. But yeah. So, so I was sitting on all of this white wine. Well, and then COVID like just came <laughs> crashing down. Right. <laughs> and... But, you know, okay, so you remember early on when it came and, like, nobody yeah. had any hand sanitizer? I remember. Everybody in the liquor business started making hand sanitizer in bottles. Yes. Right. Well, I have a friend that owns a distillery here in Oklahoma, and he was, like, reaching out. He's like, if anybody has any extra product. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> we have plenty of white wine product. Because <laughs> I needed somebody to take it off my hand. You know, I needed somebody right. to take What do you do with all that? Yes. Right? This is some... Uh, inventory where yeah. do you take that you know it's, it's not a lot of buyers of, to destroy yeah. wine um, <laughs> you, you, have, you like, can't for those listening you can't just take it to the recycle bin or the dump like mm-hmm. it just doesn't work like that no and there's like a ton of it so anyway he took <laughs> a lot of it off my hands and we made hand sanitizer like i can feel good about it because we made all this hand sanitizer it was really cool and okay so fast forward a bit now um i mean you're in some amazing retail stores like you know costco total wine and others um how did you get mm-hmm. into some of the bigger brands has that helped you and then what you know how have you managed like inventory and planning inventory always a struggle right especially um, i think for any any part of the with and kind of an unlimited amount of places to sell of retailers but um i've decided you know at first it was just go 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 sell 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 get anywhere i could so i had to realize you know sell to anyone and everyone that would would take the brand but then you know you have that kind of that lag where there's not all there's some pull through in some areas and then then there's not so then you have to readjust so Purchasing is still, you know, probably the hardest thing I do now. And then now there, you know, like I said, not to go into it, but there's supply issues and it's just really, really hard. But getting into the the stores is kind of the fun part. Right. Because that's right. You know, that's where you get to go in and have really meet really great people that are so knowledgeable and these like, you know, buyer the buyers for Costco. And, um, you know, now I know them (laughs) and it's really kind of weird they they you know i'm there my territory just happens to be the the same buying territory that they have so oklahoma arkansas texas down into louisiana but um they started this program that kind of focused on local female entrepreneurs and so because i had made that bit of a relationship with them before trying to get into the store and kind of struggled with it. Um, it was like, as soon as they came up with that program, it was like, you know, Oh wait, we've, (laughs) you know, we know somebody that this, that can fill this spot. So I really, you know, I'd like to say I got lucky, but also I had worked really, really hard to get their attention. And, um, so, but the only way Costco allows you to move into their stores is road shows. So whenever you exactly. go in and you see people yep. standing up beside their pro and selling with all of their heart, everything they can to you and you want to walk by and not talk right. to them, but then I you know. know you really should because they're trying really hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, that's me. That's why they're the there. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so the hard thing also about that is those stores don't allow for, you know, tastings. So we were just having to hand sell wine. 
you know, that Got no one it. had ever heard of before. So it's so hard, but I mean, I love the darn challenge. And I think that's, you know, <laughs> us stupid entrepreneurs just kind of get, you know, I just can't, I love it. So, um, you know, so, but, but then that's an ordering challenge as well. I mean, they wanted, Mer- they thought they wanted Merlot at one point. So I like, you know, ordered a ton of Merlot, which really isn't one of my top sellers. And then they decided they didn't want it, you know, so it's oh. really... <laughs> <laughs> and then what? What did you? Oh my God. Yeah. So then I wrote a special on Merlot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. But actually, get rid of the inventory. Great Merlot. So it worked, you know, it's all fine. It's all sold now, but so, um, you know, it, Texas is just huge. I could spend, you know, all of my time. It's really, since it's just me, it's kind of hard to decide where to spend, spend my time, but you know, sure. you spend your time where, where you make your sales. So that's what I do. That's pretty amazing. Um, very exciting. Uh, what does the next six to 12 months look like? What are your priorities like in terms of growing the brand? And do you have to do a lot of marketing or is it word of mouth or trial? What does that look like? So we moved into, as far as marketing goes, I have a really great marketing team that I've hired out. They live in Dallas, actually. She lives in Dallas. It's a female-owned company as well. And we really focus mostly on social media. So if you want to keep up with our company, you know, at Downward Dog Wine on Instagram and Facebook, um, and the six, the next six to 12 months, you know, that's, that's just a, it's a tough question because right now I'm trying to find wine at a reasonable price. We've, we've bumped our prices up just to, you know, be able to, to stay, <laughs> to maintain, Sure. but people really, you know, people where the market is right now in our area, now it's different on the coast and maybe, you know, maybe where you are, but they really don't want to buy a box wine for over 20 bucks, you know, Boda box and black box have really kind of set that $20 standard. So whereas a small company like me that really should probably be a more of that $27, you know, the price gets really bumped way down. Everyone wants a $20 bottle or box of wine. So my challenge in the next six months is to find wine and um, someone who's box boxes haven't in play. <laughs> right. And so you almost have to look at different suppliers. I mean, it's yeah. such a challenge right now. It is. Well, yeah, it's a tension that I think a lot of people are facing around packaging, around you know, supply chain, getting mm-hmm. product, um, and then last mile distribution and whatnot. Right. I mean, depending on the company. Right. Transportation is, you know, if I right. want to keep my wine coming from really great places, it costs right. me a lot of money just to get it from point A to point B. It's so not cheap you know, not, not to be, you know, trying to always stay super positive, but the reality of this business is, you know, it's a challenge right now. So, you know, we just uh, do what we can to stay afloat and, you know, keep working. (laughs) Keep going. I love it. That's what you have to do. Um, You've shared a lot of lessons learned throughout our conversation. I always like to ask our guests if there's two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to other entrepreneurs. I think you already offered some (laughs) for those thinking about the alcohol beverage business. Is there any, maybe one or two other things you would think of that, you know, as others are launching a brand. It could be a food brand, a beverage brand, a non-food uh, and beverage brand in CPG. Like what would be your recommendations for them as an entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, I, you know, some days I'm just full of advice and some days I, <laughs> I just, I need somebody to tell me what to do. But, nice. um, you know, I go with something that makes sense and that's what I did. And, and, and don't be afraid of maybe these times I've really had to 
really dig deep over the last, you know, six months and say, okay, you know, it, you know, can we do this? You know, this, you know, this is a feat that not a lot of people take on. Um, and now I know why, because it's really, I don't, and you say it's hard. It's just, you know, it's like anything else, cost of goods sold. And we're in a weird time right now. So I would say, you know, do something that makes sense that like I did, I already had resources that other people would have had to really, you know, to put develop and, exactly it comes down to ex- expense, you know, so do something that you enjoy, do something that makes sense and, and pay attention to the numbers. You know, it's easy to let these, you know, the small things add up. So, you know, cost totally. of goods isn't just two things. It's, it's a hundred things. And, um, you know, having that lined up before you get going, or at least having a good idea is, you know, so important. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. And all the little things start adding up and they start kind of like coming in without even knowing sometimes like, Oh, just add that too. And we did add this to the website and then the, the security on the website, like, all these things start adding up. Um, yes. crazy. Yeah. So, Share with our audience. This has been so fun, by the way. I, I'm excited for you. I think there's so much potential uh, growth for you in the sector. It's unique like what you're doing. Um, yeah, there's some short-term challenges. I think longer term, you're going to have a lot of opportunity in other stores and, and outlets. But um, you got to come back on down the road and join us again. But before we go, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, etc. So uh, we, the best way to follow us is at Downward Dog Wine, um, Instagram and Facebook. We have, of course, our website, downwarddogwine.com. Um, it sells more about our products, uh, but following us on, on social media is kind of the best way to go. We sell wine right now in Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, and Texas. Um, and we're growing as quickly as we possibly can. So we appreciate the support. There's a lot of extra Merlot on hand. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Yeah. The white, if you see a white blend or Merlot, you should buy it. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) So Betsy, it's been so fun having you on. You got, like I said, I'd love to have you back on down the road. Thanks for making the time for us. So cool what you're doing and um, pretty exciting in terms. I know you got challenges right now, but man, so much potential for growth. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. And congratulations to you as well. I appreciate I, I enjoy your podcast. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.